Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 162 of Games My Mom Found and Who's Playing an Incomplete Game with Me Tonight. Oh, hi. My name is Dominic. You can find me on this and Waves podcast on YouTube. Also on the Overboard Facebook group. I'm back again. I haven't left. <laughs> Welcome back. And our other guest. My name is Blair Farrell. You can find my work at comicbookvideogames.com. And currently I'm cuddling my fan gamer Serbuck because I have a feeling that like Legends 2, I'm really happy when this starts and I'll be really sad when it's over. <laughs> Wait, just look forward to three. It's only been 20 years. Oh, God. 22? <laughs> it's a weird to talk about. That? Mega Man Legends 2 that came out in North America in 2000, developed by Capcom, published by Capcom, came out in PlayStation 1. God, it's been 22 years. In the year I, 2000. Mega Man Legends 3 was 11 years ago. The whole debacle. Got canceled. Yeah. Yeah, it was the reason why I traded in my perfectly excellent DSi XL for a 3DS launch model. Because I was so excited that I was finally going to get to see Trigger get off the moon. And then they canceled it. And the first year of the 3DS was terrible. And I've been too lazy to upgrade to a regular 3DS. So now I have the hand cramping old one. And it's all Capcom's fault. <laughs> yeah, Capcom made a lot of decisions in that era that I was not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ace Attorney investigations too. But hey, 2010, 2011 is when they just said "fuck you, Mega Man" type pretty much yes. for a while. They pissed off everybody that, that was fans of them. They're still working on that too. They're doing pretty good <laughs> at it too. They've they've improved. Yeah, the, the collections have been stellar. Like, I'm not a big fan of the Zero series, but the fact that they compiled the Zero and ZX series. And Legacy Collection 1 has sold like a million copies. And Mega Man 11 was surprisingly great, even though uh, Greg Seward, a player one podcast, doesn't really think that much after I recommended <laughs> it for a stream. Oh, he didn't enjoy it? No. <laughs> never, but, never played it yet. I want to. I'd like to play it eventually. But Mega Legends 2 was a bit of a different game. This is super ambitious. It really is. Surprisingly I mean, ambitious. Because, I mean, for those that don't know, Mega, you know, sequel Mega Man Legends 1, obviously, which is a 3D action platformer. Yes. I think it's a way to put it. Shooter. Yeah. Like a action 3D action RPG. adventure. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a prototype of like a modern game. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And this one is much more open than the first one. Where the first one, you're kind of funneled into an area. This one, you, you're able to move around. You have a world map that you unlock. And it's just, it's, there's much more freedom in this one. Dare I say it's PlayStation's answer to Zelda? Almost. Also, this does take place in the Mega Man timeline, but like thousands and thousands of years later, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't really know, because I was actually, this weekend I was playing Mega Man X5, because I know that came out a couple of months after this, and one of the endings of Mega Man X5, which is apparently the bad ending, but I always thought was the best one, is that Zero dies, and someone says, X, what are you going to do next? And he says, I want to build a world where humans and reploids coexist, and I want to call it Elysium, which would make sense, because when you think of Trigger's role, who is to hunt down someone who would threaten Utopia, and that's what X's job was, was to hunt down Irregulars. But then the whole Zero series threw a monkey in the wrench to that, where it was like after X, there was the Cyber Elf Wars, and then there was Zero, and I think there's something... At the end of ZX Advent, where they talk about how there's a great flood coming or something. I think you have to finish it on super hard or something. (laughs) Somehow they do connect loosely. Yeah, as far as I know, the Legends timeline is like the very last of the things. Yeah, I don't remember where Battle Network fits in anymore, but... 
I think Legends it's just kind of, of like a spinoff. But I was surprised how much I because I, I like Mega Man Legends for what I remember. It's been a little while since we covered it. And then when I went to play this, I was having fun. Like I was I always get nervous sometimes to start games. I never started before. Like when it when it comes to that initial like your first hour through it, I'm just nervous sometimes. I don't know why because I play a new game every week, but I was nervous. And this was and I have no reason, but I was just like I was just nervous with this game. This game starts off, I thought it was also humorous because the first mission you have to do is save data who's on fire. Because he was trying to cook breakfast and tried and lit your shit on lit your lit your ship on fire. Yes, and lit your shit on fire too. It it's yeah, and it, like I came in that room and he's running around on fire. I was like, what the fuck? Funny enough, uh, Mega Man Battle Network Two also starts with a big fire. Is it your own character? Your own friend lighting himself on fire though? It's like your house or your friend's house or something. Okay. Yeah, I think not exactly the, the same. First one, just uh, someone hacks your kitchen appliances. No, it was two. I've only played two. Oh, it's two. Yeah, I, they all kind of blend together. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like a year after this. So I wonder if that's like a weird callback. Hmm. Maybe, maybe could two be. years. I mean, it could have definitely been a callback to this game. And even before you get into that thing, like the kind of like the opening cinematic is, dare I say, pretty epic. And oh, yeah, it's I skipped it. like for oh, like of course it's such excellent context about what happens and like main characters like Mike it plays it, it plays before the start screen of every every time you boot it up <laughs> I only booted up once because I hit F3 to load every time it's and like a it, long like, cutscene like, I saw it later so good I went for, like, back PlayStation and it. one game it is super good like when you think of what like, Metal Gear Solid like and I love Metal Gear Solid and that's kind of like one of the big examples of games using in-engine cinematics as opposed to kind of like this Square Enix high-quality FMV sequences that have different art styles. But this seems to be like all in-engine and like you're just totally in the universe the entire time. Yes. And characters still have like the fist hands, but like they have full facial expressions and everything looks so sharp. Yeah, what did we all play on, by the way? I, I played play on, on a PS3. I have the digital version. I have my physical copy, but I don't like taking it out because I don't want to wear out the disc. Mm. Makes sense. I actually bought this on PS3 a long ass time ago, but I played an emu- I played emulation. I also played it on PS3, the digital version. Okay, so we're at least almost simpatico on that. Yeah, I own it. I just it doesn't have save states on the PS3 version. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry, I'm just curious if anyone actually went out and played the original copy. I kick myself for not buying this when I had a chance for like 10 bucks many, many years ago. Oh, yeah, I got this. Uh, my brother got a, uh, our first non-Nintendo system, which was a PlayStation in 1999. But he was in university and he was going back and forth to school. So he had the PlayStation and then he would leave. And I would get sad because my brother and the PlayStation were gone. And then in 2000, when the PS2 came out... The PS1 ONE came out with the sandwich container size PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I got that for Christmas. And my mom bought me Legends 2 from the Sony store, which was only $39 in Canada, brand new. Wow. <laughs> but let's I talk mean, about it, this. The opening oh, cutscene is, is there's a lot happening. There's the press conference on this big ship where it's like Barrel's there with his friend all of a sudden. The Bonds are there as like a undercover reporting team they talk about opening a department store at one point (laughs) which is great there's a there's all sequels where mega man's out of his suit just in regular clothes and that's that's a that's that's gonna be for a huge look like what that's kind of weird like i thought he was just part of the suit like like traditionally he's like robot boy so he can just wear nebulous because like in the first one it's kind of 
like they they find him as a baby and i guess you find out in this one like why that is the case right but it's never really implicitly told like if he's like a human or an android or part android because these they're all part of this like system so i don't right. know i'm sure smarter people have figured it out but like it's something that but unlike the other Mega Man games like where it's clearly like a robot or discounting the zx games like it's just like his kind of work clothes almost yeah then it's just hanging thought, out in jeans and an apron i always thought it was his body like that's just what right. he was he's a robot that's just weird to see him in something different. I mean, the cartoon did it, too, if I remember correctly. Anti-Warrior? Didn't it, didn't that terrible cartoon do it, too, in Mega Man, where he had regular clothes sometimes? Well, they do it in, the, in, in like, Mega Man Powered Up and Mega Man 11. He's just in, like, normal boy clothes. And Mega Man Powered Up, he asked to get turned into Mega Man. At the start of Mega Man 11, he's just helping around the lab, and he's just in regular clothes. So it's something I kind of do. Okay. It's a, it's a weird. character development. <laughs> I also felt like this game had a very complex and like elaborate story to it too. Like the fact yes. that like, you're trying to find role, like the, the girl that ends up showing up that attacks the ship. Yuna is there was a reporter who jumps on a ship and leaves, doesn't attack the ship. She is related to Gramps or somebody's yes. daughter that went missing or something. Gramps daughter. Who's which Roll's is also Roll's mother who's been missing all these years. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's like very, and then you go to a town, and you meet a guy who she thinks is Roll's father, but he's too injured to talk and he has amnesia. It's like just so many complex little things in this game that was kind of surprising to me. Yes, it's an anime storyline completely. <laughs> and yeah. the first area, like, as you go, like, the whole, like, context is like there's this place called Forbidden Island that's supposed to be the home of this kind of the Legends universe revolves around all of these people who are kind of underground diggers or miners who are looking for this legendary treasure called the mother load. And it's supposed to be on this place called forbidden islands. Mm-hmm. So they have to get in there, but in order to do that, they have to first get parts and you go to this town on this kind of like snowy place. And like, there's so much hostility. It's kind of great. And like you go into the store and one of the people is like, we don't like you get the hell out of here because diggers, <laughs> like ruined our town like you everyone and then you go kind of to the graveyard and it's like here's the graves of everyone who was lost trying to get into this place right yeah like the the forbidden island where the storms are surrounding i feel like it's like such a common not a common trope but a trope that i've seen before and i'm always curious about yeah it's 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 such a weirdly complex interesting idea that gets brought up again and again and like how to save these people they froze them in in ice to save them or ice or crystals or something like that yeah they're 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 but they're like but they're trapped right i thought that was weird too and also this game has a lot of pirates in it like you have the tronbon gang and then you have like other pirate mercenary glide and and his little team like it had a lot of stuff going on like Like your whole mission you find out pretty quickly is to try to go and get these four keys Mm -hmm. and then unlock because when you go to the Forbidden Land the first time, because the Forbidden Island, because you're looking for Gramps, I think, did Gramps go missing on there? Somebody went well, missing. Well, uh, Yuna and Geet, oh, okay. uh, or is it Gats? Gats, they attack the ship because they're protecting Forbidden Island because they know what people think is a treasure is actually a cataclysmic catastrophe. Oh, I'm like, I'm really great with the words today. And so they don't want anyone there. So they attack the ship thinking they'll just turn away, but then it gets sucked into the storm. 
So then Mega Man and Roll have to go find these plans for a dropship that Roll's dad develops so they can get there and save Gramps and everyone on okay. the sulfur bottom, which is where they are. No, that Gramps and his friend had been to the island before and escaped. That was like their big claim to fame. Yeah. And then they went back. Yes. Okay. And then by him going there, he unlocked, he sur- he like resurrects somebody who's been locked away or something who ends up wanting to destroy the world. Mega Man did, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Mega Man Sarah. Yeah. Also I worth didn't... noting, the overall or arcing, overarching thing is that Roll is still searching for the mother load, but really, she's, she's searching for her mother. Uh, and, and this world isn't as flooded as, well, I guess it is flooded, but it's not like the previous world you're in that's just one island that you thought that's all that exists. And this is the a world covered by endless water. <laughs> this you have a giant, you have a map to kind of go around. I shouldn't say giant because you only go to a few different islands and they're not. I feel like the first game might have had more to it or this game looked more. Well, that makes sense. The first time the first game is it's like it's so like it's it's kind of small in its scope, like because you're just on this one (laughs) island. But like, what's the great thing about Mega Man Legends one? Because over the years, I've come to appreciate that I actually like Legends one more than this game, even though both are really great, because I just love like the kind of relationship you develop with the town people. And then once you get the drill and you're just finding out that everything under the town is this massive interconnected labyrinth. 100%. With this game, it's just like the scope is like, it's just a lot of different environments. Like they're kind of stereotypical environments where it's like the fire <laughs> world and the ice world and yes, the water the world. But like it's way, it's it's way grander and with a lot more ambition than the first one, even though it kind of loses some of the heart and charm. And slightly retcons a couple details. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree to the first one is I enjoyed it more. Yeah, it's it's kind of, a, again, a timeless game where it's you it's you understand the scope of it. It's not too ambitious, but it's pretty ambitious still for for the time it came out in. Like this one had status elements. I really did not like status elements where you can get burned, you can get frozen, you can get electrocuted and they just do like damage to you. Poison and you too, slower. Yeah, you can't shoot with one of them. I did not like that. That I mean, yes, you have an item that can heal you, which I never bought at safe states, but I didn't like that it was there. That irritated me a lot. Well, you can buy like the parts too, but something I, I thought was weird because before I went to, there's like the, th- you kind of have to get these four keys and each of them run an island and all the islands, they have like a dungeon that's a kind of like Zelda, although it's less puzzle heavy and less reliant on like the new weapons more common but one of the things i bought was like as best this shoes and it's like oh yeah you can walk on fire and then i would walk on fire and light on fire so i was like why the heck did i buy these (laughs) also that i can't believe they called it as best as shoes that actually blew my mind a little bit (laughs) because as best as just gives you cancer like what yes I also, for some reason, me being me, I actually didn't use a different weapon other than the buster until the final dungeon. Really? So you has had the fire extinguisher the entire time? No, I had just a lifter. I would just I could grab people and that was it. I just Oh wow. I didn't like I was missing upgrades, so I didn't really get guns early on. Like I just didn't get anything and then I just didn't bother. I just yeah, I'm kind of the same way with like, with this one and the first. Like I think what keeps you from experimenting that I'm like like, say, the other Mega Man games, is that you can only carry one weapon at a time. So in this one, you can switch between the lifter and a weapon. So, like, I always carry the drill because a drill is good for exploring dungeons as you break down walls and get to treasures and get more money. 
and the economy is very important in this is not yes. only can you buy items i always have to buy presents or roll because yes. i want to um, <laughs> does it do anything no. uh, if you buy the sulfur bottom model the development cost for your weapons go down oh, oh i didn't know that yeah because they did all that i, I actually grinded the money because i was really curious about all that and you, you can, get the creepy scene where he walks in under the bathtub, which is apparently a weird trend in these two games. No, it's not. You have to do that, though. That's literally story critical. I didn't do that. Really? Yeah, it's I never walked into you, her in the bathroom. After you get the model, I think, it's after you get the model. Because there was something in Legends 1 as well, where you walk in and her while she's changing might be after you give right. her another present. And she writes in the journal, like, I don't know if you go back and check her journals, but it's like, oh, I'm so proud of Mega Man, and this happened. She's like, oh, this thing happened, like, before. Like, I hope it's not a thing that's going to keep happening. I just remember there was one point in the game where it's like, there's nothing else I can do. Roll's just not showing up. That's I need to go places. That's and because you gave her the sulfur thing. Right, and Data's just like, yeah, she's she's in the bath. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to figure out where the fuck that is. And I got to do this. I don't want to, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't see the scene because I never bought her. I bought her one gift because I was like, my money's better spent on, on other things. Did you at least get the fridge? No. Oh, the fridge is like imperative because you get an item that's a picnic lunch that automatically fills your power and it keeps replenishing. Oh, oh so I didn't get what, that. The guide was talking about that. I didn't oh, understand yeah. what it was. Lunches, like, I always get everything, even though, it, like you said, like it's better spent towards buying buster parts or like things for the energy canteen, which is very important, especially towards the end. But like, yeah, investing in the fridge is like one of the best things you have to buy right away. That's cool. I wish I would have known. I would have done that if had I known. But I, I don't know. I kind of rushed this game a little. Partly, yeah. well, I was also trying to play mostly without a guide and just like look at the guide to tell me where to go next but just kind of experience the game by itself and not cheat as much which is I don't good normally as i mean do. like all these things i've discovered like i've been playing this game since christmas of 2000 so these are like <laughs> little tricks that i picked up over the years so like, that's fair yeah my it's only experience pick it up on your first time without any guidance my only memory of this game my only experience with it was back in the day my friend had it and i remember him bringing it over and we were trying to do the quiz to get him the, the sword. Oh, and I, I remember one of the questions is, what is the name of Huey Lewis's album? And it's sports. It's the title, I think. To yes. answer the question. That's all I remember about this game. All these years, that was the one memory I've carried with me about this game. <laughs> I, game Informer did a super replay back in the day. But that's like one of those that just kind of fell into a time void for me where I remembered nothing about it. They're hard so to watch like, for me now because they don't always know what to do. And it pains me. <laughs> I like seeing them stumble. But that's that's a different story. <laughs> Legends 1 was very memorable for Super Replay. This one, not as much. No, this game wasn't... It felt like you go from one thing to the next, and there were less lull moments like Legends 1 had, where you had more moments where you're just kind of, like, chilling at times doing things. Yeah. This was much more that you were constantly going from one event to another. The dungeons, I never felt like I was getting enough money in a dungeon. And yep. I wasn't, I just, I never felt like I was getting what I needed. And yes, you can farm really early on because the first dungeon has the best farming spot. As long as you get the right loadout. Interesting. I never I felt the need to farm. Like I, uh, I'll get into, I, I haven't really confirmed about the, the whole test difficulty thing, but there's like a bunch of sub dungeons you can find because at the start you can go into on the first island, you go to a church and it's part of the diggers guild. You can do these tests. 
And after the first one, you get an A ranking, and then you do the second, you get an S ranking. And there's kind of like the main dungeons that have the keys in them, which are plot centric, but there's other areas that are just, oh, you just go down here, kill some enemies, and at the end, you get a refractor that you can sell for a lot of money. Right. But like the, these dungeons are tied to your licenses. So like I always felt that like I just always spend money on like buster parts and stuff from my energy canteen because like the last boss is super brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got the A license in that water world like on the on the island like like I got like a water world kind of situation where it's just like this big building on the water thing. I don't know how to describe it where the water temple is just underneath it. Yeah, it's like a giant cylinder coming out. Yeah. So I got the A license there, and that's just where I kept grinding and grinding for money. That's a good way to do it. I, I went to the first dungeon, and if you... I was reading a guide where it said, what do, you go in the room, and if you can lock on to the first enemy, leave the dungeon. Go back in. If you can't lock on, you have to continue down a certain path, take a left into a door, and there's a gold enemy that spawns you can just kill quickly, and he drops seven grand if you're A license every time. And you can just wow. go out the door, go back in, and I did that for like a, an hour. Wow. Near the end. I mean, yeah, I, I do agree with the idea that there's like a lot happening that it doesn't always stop to focus on or really explore properly in a way. Also, because there's just so much story and so much just world building they have to do. You don't get enough Zenny from pirates. Either. You don't get Zenny from pirates. And you fight so many pirates in this game. I mean, some drop Zenny, yes, but not all. Yeah, like even like story elements, though, like they're like in the beginning, they talk about how the guy you find on the island who has the blueprints, Joe, like he has a daughter, right? Yes. And like the the whole storyline is that that's actually Roll's dad. And so Roll has like a sister. And but he never like, they never addressed that. Right. But Maybe that's know. a legend. Is that, story. is that his daughter or is it just adopted daughter? Yeah. Or not adopted, but it's his daughter going to be a daughter in marriage. Yeah, because yeah. she's like when he gets better, like uh, if a little girl encounters you in his garage where the dropship is that he had built. Right. He says, like, my mom is going to marry this guy and then I'm going to have a new dad. So don't mess it up. Right. So maybe that's like a Legends 3 thing that was supposed to pick up. But like that seemed pretty important. They set all of that up. I would like to have seen more payoff with that. But now we got to we got to go with this whole precursor race thing again. Very Assassin's Creed in a way. How is it Assassin's Creed? You have my well, question. It, Oh, because it's it's the same thing. Like, there's the precursor race that was kind of like oh, closer okay. to God and everything, and then they made the humans. No, I get it. I had God. I haven't played Assassin's Creed in so long. I completely forgot what you were talking about. Yes, <laughs> it didn't. Me- click. Mega Man's like, Desmond Miles. Role is uh, Kristen Bell. No, it just. I mean, like in this game, you have a ho- you have a whole mission where you're at one of the cities, Nino, and you have to protect it from an invasion from duck pirates. Yes, Literally, duck pirates. That reminded me of the Power Rangers because they sit inside a ship and there's different colors of them. Like the Servbots, but different. Yeah. I like that they came back because, like, like in 2000, like, this came out alongside a game called The Misadventures of Tron Bond, which is a prequel to Mega Man Legends, mm-hmm. where the characters of Glide and the Birdbots are introduced. Oh, oh cool. they're in that game? Yeah, they're, they, that's where they're introduced. Like, Glide is in, like, the plot of that game is essentially... Tron's older brother Teasel takes out a loan from a loan shark and he comes to collect and you have to pay off the loan and Glide is his enforcer. Is on Blue Care in that game? No. Okay, so it's not entirely like introducing all this extra stuff. It, it's some of it's there, some of it's not. Yeah, it, it's not exactly it's not like a required playing, but like I guess it's for those who played it like myself. 
it's like, oh, cool, Glide is back. And it's like watching you, Clone Wars to see where General Grievous comes from. Yeah, when you get into the, the fire dungeon on Sulcata Island, Tron is in a mecha called it Gustav, and that's your the what you drive in the misadventures of Tron Bond, and even like her attacks mm-hmm. are the same. Like she shoots the beak like in Tron Bond, you have this weapon called the Beacon Bond where you can guide Sir Bots to go in houses and rob people and pick <laughs> things up and attack people mm-hmm. and shake cars. And that's how she attacks you. Like she fires a beacon bomb and all of her weapons are the same. Yeah, Tronbon gets a lot of like star time this time. I love like her, that character. Yeah, Tronbon's great. I do I I'm kind of conflicted about her being kind of put into the role of like, oh, she just likes Mega Man a lot. Okay, you reminded me of that boss fight that really, really like pissed me off. I wasn't using save states. Very yes. early in the game in the first town you go to, you have to fight Tron Tronbon, and it was a that was a really tough fight for me. With yeah, you level an entire town in the process. Yeah. I mean, I was watching a speaker of it where he just gets the grenade launcher and just kills her in seconds with a grenade launcher, mm-hmm. which I did not do. I used the buster and it was just it was way too long. I did not like it at all. And it really would have broke me had I not been cheating with save sense. I, I kind of had a little practice going into that because Misadventures of Tronbon came with a demo and the first area is that boss. Oh. <laughs> so I played it a lot leading up to this. I don't like I didn't really have, remember having issues with that game or that that boss fight. It was just fine <laughs> i think it's like one of the, like a lot of enemies and again it's something that i i don't know I, I was gonna go back and play this again because like i did the in the first area i did the a ranking and the s ranking and when oh, i was God. playing because i've harder been for playing this game for forever i was like yeah i was like i it could just be that i'm not as good as this what i remember but like it took like my felt like my shots were taking longer to kill that crab boss and then the the glide fight is in the second islands before you get to the dungeon, like glide and his bird bots attack this place and you have to defend it on different things. And like one of the final on different platforms rather. And one of the final things is his ship is just sending out wave after wave of bird bots and like it was just pissing. Oh out. yes, that like, thing. Okay, I, I remember could, that. Like now. they they were relentless, and I don't know if it's because from what I read, and I don't know if this is confirmed, that if you get the S ranking, you bump the difficulty up to hard. That's what people were saying, like when we were talking about this before we uh, got into it. So entirely possible. The other thing, the, the thing that actually stuck out to me more during this section was the whole cutscene where Tron Bond disguises her voice as a role, and there's that whole like psychological manipulation sequence that plays out, which <laughs> I is love just that. wild. It's weird how she's like, Ro doesn't care about you. You should join me. Yeah, it was strange. Like, like there's like the in, in like cartoons, they have the scene where they try to convince the hero. Oh, yeah, they don't care about you. But this no, this goes really in depth of like having Roll say all these nasty things about Mega Man. And then Roll is like being jammed so she can't pipe up. And Mega Man's actually questioning like reality at this point. I, I thought that was really interesting and like, again, really ambitious for this game. What I've come to appreciate about the whole, like, as Tron as a character, because, like, I, I guess I played this for the first time as a teenager, and it's like, look at these kind of goofy pirates, but, like, as an adult, like, I kind of really sympathize with the Bond family, because I know what it's like to have, like, crushing debt and bills, and Tron, like, at the end, she's kind of talking to Roll, and it's like, well, if you have all this money, you can do whatever you want, but, like, most of us 
just have to get by and like at the end like on the final stretch of the game and like the last dungeon she's they made an alliance with the collide and like the other bola and claymore who are kind of just like throwaway characters who are barely in it who are really interesting though i think they have different names in the manual as well oh Uh, okay But that was a thing, like Mega Man X5 was the same thing. And like Tron is just like, this is what happens when like you don't have any money. You just have to like pair up with these people and like we're never going to win. And just how beaten down she is. And you just like kind of feel for her and her life. And she's like the adult in the family who has to like, like because her brother, like they mentioned they have a department store, but he's only buying things that he likes. So they're like going bankrupt, essentially. Right. It's kind of deep, you know, for a Mega Man game. And then Bon Bon's just there in the background still. He's only really in a couple scenes. I mean, one little boss fight and we have to chase after him, but he's not around very much in this game. Right. And then, like, the, you put him in the lava. You Like, they kind of imply that he's, like, burned. He's dead. Oh, uh, yeah. There's no way but to beat him. in the next area, he's, like, the engine of a train. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they get him out. He's okay. No one dies in the series. <laughs> you think they would, though. No, but the Bolo and Claymore stuff was so strange. Like, they're just characters that are there. They support each other. And, like, there's the one guy who's, like, too old for this shit. And the other guy is just, like, really calm and cool. And, like, well, if you were studying the arts, I was studying the Blade kind of personality. Yeah, one guy is essentially, like, Bola is, like, I have enough money to retire. Like, this whole game is for the young, and I don't want to do this. And he's essentially only doing it for his friend. Right. And his friend is like, no, I really want to get this treasure. It's like the most important thing in my life. And then at the end, like he like Pola just says, like, you can do whatever you want. I'm getting out of here. And then Claymore is like, yeah, this is like not worth the effort anymore. Like right. <laughs> just they can go <laughs> do it. Like whatever. Uh, Claymore, that was the big guy, right? The big knight looking thing. Yeah, you fight in the water temple. I like him. I apparently when I, was, when I was reading the guy, the trick to beating him is you have the drill arm, you just run next to him and just drill him to death really fast. Yeah, that probably would have helped. Just, he was like, cool though. Like I in this game, I just circle straight around him. Uh-huh, that same. boss fight is such a that boss fight was the hard one for me. Holy I crap. can see that he he did kick my ass a little bit. I mean, I was safe states, but I can see it. But you have to go down all the way down to the bottom of the water temple, fight him. But you then you have to go all the way back up and find him again, but you can't save for whatever reason. Yeah, the save state is or the save point is down at the bottom. So you essentially and if you die, like so like to put in context of this water temple, it's my most hated part of this game. It's not good. People complain about the water temple in Ocarina of Time. So in this yeah, like you can buy an item before you go in that are essentially jet skates. Because if not, you're in submerged water and you can't swim. You're just trudging slowly. And if an enemy hits you, you fall back really slow. And it takes forever to get up. But you have these jet skates to get around. And then you have to go all the way down and drain the water and then just kind of climb back up. And it's really long and tedious. It yes. wasn't a good dungeon. It, it was very annoying running through. Like, I know people always, you know, shit on the, like you were saying, Ocarina of Time, like, but you're, this was way worse because it just was slow and cumbersome. And then once you drain the water, like you were saying, you have to climb through things. And it, it was just, I didn't like it at all. It was not a good dungeon. I like when you were able to kind of jump through the air a bit more and, like, kind of access those places that were hard to access otherwise. But, no, yeah, cool. that's. I know there's like a part in this dungeon I've never been able to reach because yes. like Roll says 
there's a door up here and it's really high. How do you get there? Does anyone know? Oh, I don't. I, okay. I was curious about that myself. Yeah, um, I know never, what you're talking about. The, the yeah, guy that I had had mentioned something about doing it, but it was I didn't care, so I avoided it. But there is a way you can do it when you're here this one time. Interesting. Uh, okay, because I, I know like if you get like a like a jumpstart with your skates, you'll kind of fly up as you jump off this the ramp or just the ledge. So I wasn't sure if that's so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it was, but there is a way to do it because they the guy that said you can do it while you're here, but you don't get anything too special. I don't think it was like some uh, some accessories I didn't care about or something. Oh, okay. It wasn't like I don't think it was a part to upgrade a, to build a weapon or anything too special. Maybe more. Also, this game gives you a lot of zenny in other places, like holes in the walls of zenny, chests have zenny. There's yes. lots and lots of zenny just in random places. Yeah, it feels like in the first game there's a lot more like variety of items you'd find and like the holes in the wall and everything. But this is just kind of zenny, 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 zenny. And also, what did you guys think of the jellyfish boss that you fought in the end of this water temple? Annoying. Eh, fine. <laughs> That's the one that kind of you had to jump up to the second level and like avoid the th- stuff, or is that the no? Ice the jellyfish is three jellyfish that shoot oh, things at you. Yeah, that was fine. Again, I think I was playing on hard, so they were obnoxious bullet sponges. They were. I did not enjoy fighting them at all. I I also didn't really enjoy the toad boss in the first dungeon either. I wasn't a fan of him either. That was okay. I mean, that was at least that was there was like a similar thing I think in Legends One, wasn't there? I can't Maybe remember. Not. He did remind me of a Zelda boss. For some reason, that toad made me think of Zelda a lot. Well, oh, it says wow. like the 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 bugs are flying ahead, and it like it can it can shoot its tongue up and grab them. So you kind of have to be mindful of like the bugs because it kill them, and then you get power. But if he gets them, he gets power back. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it is fun. I like that. I never knew that. I mean, I would shoot the bugs and get health for myself. But I didn't realize he could eat them too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Can we talk? Go back a minute and talk about the quiz again, because sure. again, I think that was really, I think that was amazing. I love that. I wanted to try it this playthrough, but I just, I didn't care at that point because I wasn't going to grind for the amount of money to upgrade the lightsaber like I wanted to. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I just like, I, it's just in games. I feel like there's just stuff that's like an unwritten rule that you don't talk about. You know what I mean? But then we have just like questions about like, like a virgin and the Sex Pistols. And it was like, okay, they just threw everything in this section. Like, nothing was off limits. Yeah, so, like, on the, on the first island where there the key is, like, there's a mayor and two understudies, and they have these quizzes, and they, you have to answer ten questions, and then the ultimate one is a hundred. But it's like, what is this Madonna album also what's this thing about ancient Mesopotamia? And you're like, what? How yeah, they're real life questions. Yeah. It's not stuff player. you would know from like the game. Like what color was like the bond mech. It's stuff from like actual life. No, this is asking what did Don Henley in the, in the Eagles play drums, right? But you just have to know that <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, I, I, I wish I would have done it. I mean, I remember back in the day, me and my buddy, we, we went and did it and we, one of he would go and get the questions, and I would Google it in the other room because this is you know two thousand, so the computer's in a different room. We jump back and forth to figure out what the quiz was. You were lucky you had a computer in the other room with the internet. Yes, I, I, I wanted Your to just do it. I just wanted to do it cold because I didn't want to like cheat. I, I I had fun doing it that way. I didn't realize like a whole hundred question quiz was there. I just did the uh, the uh, the three ten one. Yeah. That's not bad. A hundred. That's a lot of fucking questions to answer in a row correctly. I tried to do it with game facts once and then I got to like 90 something and then I hit the wrong button mm. and I was like, I'm not doing this again. It is not worth it. 
No, because I, I don't think the sword is that good unless you upgrade it. And yeah, it's still I, not the best weapon, I don't think. I never use sub weapons as like in like Legends One, you can equip like uh, like you get parts and roll will combine them with notes to make weapons. Like you have like a drill that you can drill through walls, or you have like a laser and a vacuum that sucks up money and <laughs> and a sword. But like it's just it's so much money to do this. It just feels mm-hmm. like such a chore that I just always just get the adapter plug for the buster, which allows you to equip three different things and then just kind of have like the ultimate buster loadouts. Oh, I didn't get that. That was very key. Very crucial. That would have been very nice to get. I, I, I bought a few of the item, but I just never had money in this game. I felt like I would go into a town upgrade and just run out of money, like in no time. So that kind of made me feel, you know, just handicapped with things where I didn't really, I mean, I would kill every enemy I saw. I don't want to, like, everything I saw in a dungeon, I would kill, but I just never, you just never get that much money, it felt like. Or you spend so much money so quickly. Yeah, this is true. There's definitely a, little, a bit more of a spend for anything, but. And that was annoying. Like, I couldn't go in, like, I couldn't go to a town, finish a dungeon, get, you know, sell the refactor. I did the optional dungeons except for the S-license ones, and I just didn't have money to spend. I didn't like them. It just uh, bothered me. I guess, you know, maybe you're meant to grind. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I would have known about the secret, what you can do to get money, I got I me. Mean, I got a million over. You can get three million an hour with that fighting an enemy of your S rank. I did not, but I was. I got over. I got like a million one point five. I'm like, okay, I'm done now. Not enough of this. I'm gonna go finish the game. And I upgraded my shiny laser a whole bunch, and then still yeah. couldn't max it out because it cost three million to max out the shiny laser. By the way. Yeah, that's that's excessive. Yeah, but I do think the quiz section that we're talking about is a really good example of the ways they make the areas and the characters really interesting and memorable, even like the smaller ones. Because like, despite how rushed at times the game feels, the game is still really good at building that world. And like you have that you have the mayor of the second town who is the worst guy. I hate him so much. (laughs) Because his he's just like they can't get us. We're gonna blow everything up before they let it before they get to us. It's like, dude, shut up. You're gonna kill everybody, and you do. Like when you when you when you lose the boss fight against the birds, he just blows up the town. Yeah. It's like what kind of leader is that? Like everyone trusts you? I don't know. It seems he's getting too much of a pass. I think we should we should beat him ourselves. I mean, blow up the town just because they got past you? Like that is kind of ridiculous. We're gonna kill everybody because he got a little too close. And that's just like what I love about this series and. I know it's blasphemous for me to say, because I know like a lot of people have such fond love of like Mega Man and Mega Man X. Like, I think this might be my favorite Mega Man series. And it's not because it's like perfect games, but they're just so like flawed gems. And I just love yes. being in this world. Like I when I play Mega Man Legends one, like that's literally a three hour game if you don't do any of the optional stuff, probably even less. Mm-hmm. But like most of the submissions are just like, I'm gonna go and buy hospital equipment so a girl can walk. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go find all these items so this person can have a baller ass museum. Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm gonna be on this show so this TV station get excellent ratings and none of it is necessary. Right. But it's all so much fun and like you just love being in this world and talking to these people Like there's no cynicism. Like if I like if you ever had if someone said like if you could live in one world in a video game, which would it be? And I would definitely pick this one. Yeah, Catalog Island's great. And like there's also like a lot of time in that game to explore the different systems. Like I didn't even know like the morality system came back in Legends 2 because there's no time to really go into it. I didn't really even know how to kick the can in the 
garbage pail in this one. Like it's really it's not as easy. Like you don't have like a giant soccer post like goal right. post like target like in Legends One. I didn't even bother to try to do it. I just it that just seemed I didn't I saw it, I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at all these different questions for the quiz right now. God, you yeah, you're not kidding. Somebody's like, who started the nineteen ninety six movie Evita Evita? Like just random ass shit. Things you would have known as a nineties child, maybe, but like <laughs> just like asking about like a virgin and the sex pistols just got me in a way like that's so funny and i think there's i forget how many questions are actually built into this because there's you don't always get repeats too okay right. you get a lot of money you get two million for answering one of these quizzes what what is any it looks like she got like two million the guy did in, in the video oh i think you lost money because that every time you lost money the mayor took it from you to help rebuild the town because no, like i just, remember when i was like I kept trying doing it, and then when I went out, I was like, oh, man, like, the town is being rebuilt. Oh, you pay a fee to do it, but I didn't realize it went to that. That's cool. Yeah, what fr- the year the French Revolution began, the, the year the Franco-Prussian War began, and what year? Like, this is stuff that, what did Jimi Hendrix do at the Monterey something festival? Like, <laughs> weird yeah, shit that they festival. put in here, and then I did not remember any of this. I will say on your point about liking Legends more than the regular series, I like Legends a lot as well. I also like Battle Network too. Like the world of Battle Network seems to be another really interesting area, like place to be in. That I, I think Mega Man did the spinoff game so good. They just did it so much better than most companies do. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I remember being in high school and so like I would try to convince people. I was like, you have to play Mega Man Legends, and then people would just kind of dismissively be like, well, but it's not Mega Man because you don't fight the eight robots. He doesn't even have a helmet on the cover. I know. And I was just like, actually, I appreciate in this game is at the end, you do have a Mega Man style boss gauntlet with all of the (laughs) enemies, which I thought was a clever throwback. It's it's the same thing of like the whole Wind Waker is not true Zelda thing. It's like people really needed to get over that. And for Zelda, it it happened quickly because Wind Waker was such a classic, like best selling title. And this wasn't. What do you think about Mario 64? Like when you play Mario on Nintendo and Super Nintendo, like it was a action platformer. But Mario wasn't like this triple A gymnast. Right. Like it wasn't about collecting things like Mario 64 was still about running and jumping on things, but Mario had so much of a repertoire of moves, and it was about collecting stars as opposed to just getting through levels. And this kind of had, like, the spirit of Mega Man, even though it's not exactly, like, a one-to-one. Right. Like, there's way more, like, jumping is kind of an afterthought. Like, there's no tricky platforms or spikes. It's mostly just right. laser focus on, like, action. There's more platforming of this in the first I just don't know if there's any other series in games that has had such a wide swath of like spin-offs that have been so successful on their own. Final and like re- and have recontextualized everything in about the games and about what you know. Like the Battle Network is a complete overhaul where like, you know, you the, everything's in like these digitized like PETs and all the attacks are in chips and you gotta feed Mega Man the right chips, kinda like a deck building game almost. But I think Battle Network and I do agree with you, Mike, because I know you you kind of quietly mentioned Final Fantasy. Yes, like <laughs> there's a lot of because you have like Final Fantasy Tactics and like the Chocobo racing games, and not all of them are hits. I know like you have the Desidia games, which are fighting yeah. games. And, like, you have. I was kind of joking because he he is right. Like Mega Man did good with spinoffs. I haven't played a majority of them. I'm finding out, but like 
like this, for example, like this was a you know a, a completely different spin on Mega Man, but it works well. Yeah, it, Battle Network is almost like the perfect game for the perfect time because it was when Pokemon was big, and even like when it's with a third installment, it was like okay, we're going to have two, and you have to trade back and forth. Right. And it was it was a great thing because when you think of like when like when I was growing up because I grew up with Mega Man. I know some people picked it up later. So I was used to eight robots, the challenge, but for say someone getting a Game Boy Advance in 2001 and they cut their teeth on Pokemon, like you had Mega Man Zero for people like me, but then someone's like, okay, well, I, I, this Mega Man thing is cool, but here's this other thing that's right. like Pokemon, like a little bit of like a Mega Man spin where we kind of recontextualize what Dr. Wily is and what all the robot masters are and things like that. And I was a little child during this time, so my first game was Mega Man Legends in this in like the Mega Man universe. And then it was like, okay, then I have Battle Network Two, and that's all I'm gonna have for a few years. And so my my I, I knew what Mega Man was, other than that, because I followed games. But my personal experience were these other spinoffs that had nothing to do with a Robot Masters and 2D platform. And I think that this game and, and another big hurdle, like it's it's a lot less in this one, like Mega Man Legends One. I will admit. I love that game, warts and all, but for someone picking it up now, like the way it controls, where it's almost like a Resident Evil tank thing, where you constantly have to like babysit the camera by moving the triggers, and this one, you can, like, you can, you can reassign the controls in Legends One to be a little bit better. Yeah, and then yeah. like in in um, in Legends One, like your lock on, like it's you're more or less locked in place, you're standing sure. still, but in this one, like you can move the camera with the right analog stick and when you lock onto an enemy like you're it's like z targeting in ocarina of time i think the only place where that really falls there's a lot of areas like there's a section uh, after before you go to the water temple where you have to go stop glide uh and he's holding some random islanders uh he took it he kidnapped a girl yeah and and the final boss where you're the enemies in are in the air, so you're looking upwards, and the camera's upwards, but they're throwing things down at you, so it's mm-hmm. really hard to kind of avoid them without getting hit, and it gets right. really frustrating. That's why I would have loved to see, like, like they really need to remake Legends 1 and 2. Like, re-release, remake. Imagine this, like, really a modern camera and just an aiming mm-hmm. system. Like, this could be really something special, but, like, I, I get it. Like, these weren't... I think they sold well, but not super Legends well. 1 sold well. And Legends 2 was like, it came out in North America the same month as the PlayStation 2 and when right. the Dreamcast was out. Oh, so not a good time. No. Yeah. Like for me, like I just got a PlayStation. So I was playing catch up and I loved Mega Man and I had Legends and Tron Bun. So I was in, but I was never trying to convince people to play Legends 2 and none of them, they were so apathetic. Like they did not care. Well, any time that you release a game after the next system is out, I mean, I think it's less now where people are more like, okay, but back then it wasn't like people moved on to the next system right away. I hate that. I think like it's a whole system. You bought it. It's yours. There's yeah. a whole library of things to enjoy. I don't know why people can't just like have their cake and eat it too. Well, plus they're usually not even that like some of the best games of a system come out after the new system is released. Yeah. And I thought of War 2, for example, didn't that come yeah. out on PS3? Yeah, PS2 first. Well, yeah, it came out on PS2, but I mean, like, PS3 had already came out, I think, when God of War 2 comes out. Yeah, like, PS3 was 2006, and God of War was March 2007, 
and like the PlayStation 2 was fully backwards compatible and like I don't know what the price was in the US as I'm in Canada but the hundred well that yeah. was a PS3 but when the PS2 came oh, out it was like five hundred dollars uh, here it was really expensive it was expensive here too I mean at that time it was like a hundred and fifty because I used to I worked at Target at the time when PS3 came out and I mean until you know PS2 was still around they were still selling them all the time and like for me, when the PS2 came out, I know some people will feel differently. Like the launch lineup did nothing for me. Like I didn't care. Okay, like get your pitchforks out. I didn't really care about Time Splitters or Time Splitters Ridge is Race, not a great game or Ridge Racer. Like none of these launch games were right in my alley. But like and there were so many people. At least I mean, I live in a small, small corner of the world. <laughs> like when the PS2 came out. Everyone I knew just got the PS ONE. Like Tony Hawk, they wanted to play Spider Man. They wanted to play Final Fantasy Nine. Because when you think about that year when the PlayStation Two launched, like in North America, it was like Legends Two, Final Fantasy Nine, Dino Crisis Two, Parasite Eve Two. Like there was oh. a lot of good PlayStation games. Parasite Eve Two so does not fall in good game. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it reviewed well at the time. Like I think in EGM, it got a silver. It's not maybe not good in hindsight, but like for big budget, high production games, sure. Like there was still stuff in like Fear Effect Two. I think was around the oh, corner. Yeah. See, I would argue Mega Man Legends, despite the controls being a little wonky, still holds up, especially compared to all the games you just mentioned. Oh yeah, I mean totally. this game held up well. Like even I mean I like the Water Dungeon. I wasn't a big fan. Like the Fire Dungeon, I was a fan of. I, I liked that dungeon. I was running around killing enemies. I didn't enjoy lava, but it was. It was still played well. Sure. Like, I mean, Legends 2, yes. Legends 2 has all the improvements, but I think Legends 1, as a, as its own thing, is still a top 10 PS1 game you can go back to. Oh, yeah. I would oh, argue yeah. that, like, Metal Gear Solid, notwithstanding, because that was kind of, I guess you have, in North America, we got VR missions, which came with Metal Gear Solid in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, I would argue, okay, maybe Final Fantasy, because those were, like hundreds of hours that this is maybe like the best series of games on the original playstation like better than crash better than spyro even better than like tomb raider like this is such a great realized world like the graphics are unlike anything else on the playstation they still hold up well enough that you can understand what everything is everything is stylized they still look good enough because like when i go back to a lot of old games i skip the ps1 era a lot because PS1 is very hard to go back to because of the style. It just doesn't it doesn't look good in any shape or form a lot of times. And this game still was pretty enough and, like you said, understandable enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't clicking on things, not having any idea, just trying to find an item that I just can't register. Like, oh, that's a box? Okay. Like, it wasn't. That's happened right. before. So. Like, like Wind Waker, this is like cell shading done in a time when that really wasn't a thing. It's the theme. Yeah, it's it not exactly well with Mega Man, but it, it, it fits really, really well with what they were doing. Oh, and a, a funny thing I want to mention, when I was first playing Mega Man Legends 2 by my wife, who's never played Mega Man, but she knows the Mega Man, and she's like, this isn't Mega Man. Mega Man's a little guy that jumps, goes, choo, 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 this ain't Mega Man. It was pretty funny to me. I'm like, this is a different Mega Man. What I found shocking, because um, they kept, it's a lot of the same actors from the first game. Yes. So, like, it's Teasel, Tron, Gramps, Roll. Like, those are the returning characters. For listeners, don't look into the voice actor for Teasel Bond if you don't want to be heartbroken. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Yeah, some happened there. That's, yeah. I won't get into it, but what shocked me. Oh, it's uh, not a good person, correct? No. No. Okay. I'll leave it as that. Uh, what, what was uh, interesting to me is that Mega Man was recast 
not only was he recast, but the second I turned it on, I'm like, that is Sailor Jupiter. Yeah. Like, I was just like, that, okay, like, I, I, I know, like, like, Tara Strong can play, like, actresses like that can play different people, but when Megan and I spoke, I'm like, that is, I, I can't hear anything other than Sailor Jupiter, because it's the same voice. <laughs> well, for Legends, they cast an actual 12-year-old boy to play Mega Man, and so, you know, Legends 2 coming out three years later, it's like, well, they either go the Sora route, where they just stick with him, or they just recast and still sound like he's supposed to be 12. It's interesting. I, uh, there's a channel here. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, and it they they look at the, um, a channel here in Canada called YTV, and mm-hmm. they interview a bunch of people who did YTV shows. And they have one of the actors speaking at Sailor Moon who was the voice of Tuxedo Mask, <laughs> but he was also the voice of Glide, and he did a live stream. And I was like, "Oh man, can like you tell me what the process was like? For, like what was it like doing Glide?" And he was like, "I tell you what, I don't even remember." He's like, I went into a booth and it's like, I have a bunch of things to do. Here's your lines. And I did them and left. Yeah. He's like, I went to a convention and someone was like, can you sign this? I love this character. And he's like, I didn't even know I was in this. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've talked to a couple of voice actors in my time and they kind of have similar stories. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even remember. I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, there's not a big character where you do it like once. Like, you know, that's something like this glide only has so many lines. So not like you're doing not like you're doing something like Yuna in Final Fantasy X or something where you're, you know, comes a big part of your life, I feel. Yeah. And yeah. I think Glide had a different actor in Tron Bond. I can't remember what he sounded like, to be honest. So I think they like recast it within months. I do want to talk about the the, the desert town where you have to go in and there's one point where you're supposed you fight a boss, one of the Tron Bonds, and you're supposed to like defeat and not blow up the statue. I tried that, but I just kept blowing up the statues. I said, fuck it, destroyed the statue. And they're like, oh, you got to pay for it. I'm like, eh, just never went back to the town, never paid them, nothing. I just never bothered. It's a I slow saved, process. All I you have to do statue. is, yeah. You just kind of have to, like, shoot a bullet, and then he goes down, and then gets up, and you shoot another bullet. It just takes forever. Yeah, he was a hard boss fight, though, like, in general. I did not, because once you break the statue, he runs around like a madman trying to kill you. Trying to remember what I was I was using was it the homing missiles maybe I was using something where I was able to like just keep firing there without there is a weapon you can do that with I watched a guide where that's what he did I was just circle striking and jumping with a buster and he would kind of duck and he would get up and then would shoot him and right it just took a while and maybe I, think, I just maybe I just increased my range is what it was I think I just increased my range and I just was able to do it pretty easily. There's some cool moments in this game. I did like the fire boss, which is a giant, giant reaver bot that's just huge. It looks like a giant dinosaur. I yes. like that guy. That was spoiled for me. It was also in the Tron Bond demo disc. Oh. Nah. <laughs> I think it it's was cool. It's cool to mention too, like the whole desert town thing, kind of like the whole like fortress segment in the in the first island. They're just actual sieges. Like you are participating in a siege. I like that though. I liked how the pirates are attacking cities right. and you're defending them. And like not even that, you're like infiltrating their bases. Yeah, you're you're you're. It's like actual war tactics you're you're participating in for some reason. And I I think that's fascinating. Like it's I really, really felt like I was storming this castle, storming this town in ways that like Call of Duty could never touch. There's some really cool moments in this game. Like when you go back to the first town that you were at, the ice town. You have to get on the train and you do a whole train section. That I thought was pretty damn cool too. Oh, yes. I love that boss. That's like the, the music and like catching the Serbots and throwing them back. I couldn't figure that out. It took me a while until I, I had to look up what to do. And they're like, catch them like, oh, OK, because yeah. my brain was just blowing them up. waiting for something to happen. If they're coming straight at you, you can catch them. But if they're 
coming downwards, you just kind of have to shoot them. But it was it was a cool thing that it had it there. You had to, and then like you're on a train, you have to blow up another train, which is the Tron bonds again. I like that the Tron bonds aren't the main focus in this game because you have, mm-hmm. but they do show up a decent amount more in the second half. For the first half, it's Glide and his other people or the mercenaries. Well, so yeah, they almost have like a pirate for every island because like the first area, it's. Well, it's like the Bonds, and then you fight uh, Bola in the dungeon, and then the second area, it's Glide, and you fight Claymore in the dungeon, and then the third area, it's just the Bonds, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. in the fourth area. And it, it's cool, is like, you start off in this snowy town, and then you come back there later, but because you freed everyone from Forbidden Islands, there's a whole new population of people, and everyone is, is super nice to you, because... Yeah. Like you brought everyone back. You advance all these storylines in like the background, even like you know, someone's husband comes back after like 10, 20 years. I never caught that. I didn't realize that because I, well, I didn't talk to people. In the game. Right. I just went. I just did what I had to do. I just wasn't concerned. But it, it's very cool. Like I don't know. The train just really kind of got me. Like, mm-hmm. and in the end part, after you blow up the back of it, you're running like you're fighting it, and then you do see like you were saying, oh, God, what the hell? The other, the other Tron Bond, the baby one, whatever. Bond. 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 You see him at the head of the train. I thought that was kind of cool. And fighting him in the, the little fight you do in the fireplace was kind of cool, yes. too. I think Bon Bon's supposed to be the oldest, too, which is funny. Oh, okay. It's just, yeah, I mean, it was just fun. Like, it was cool. And I, I like yes. the boss fights in this game for the most part. And then you get to the last ruin, which I, I liked how the last ruin is actually in the first town that you went to in the game. And now you go back to it and it's an ice ruins. Oh, real quick. Did you find the minigame in the desert section? What minigame? The racing? Yes. Mike, you probably never got it because it only unlocks if you save the statue. Oh, I didn't get it then. I didn't carry it. It was an optional on my guide. I kept going. It's a uh, it's a not a great racing mini game, but it's there. Yeah, because in the in Legends one, like you have these racing courses and they're they're very doable. But in this one, like I do not know how you you yeah. get them. Like it's very pinpoint yeah. precision to get around. Get and all the, the boosts kind of doesn't allow for that. Yeah, I don't like like the reward is that great either. I feel like that was a a very big PS2 thing where lots of platformers had to have a racing minigame. I don't like racing minigames. Yes, I don't like racing games to begin with, so I really don't want a minigame in my in my game. The racing. Yeah, but anyway, back to the floor temple. This one, this one was really interesting as well. I thought with the whole ice thing and like how I was using like multi level rooms to get break through the walls and get to the floors. I think it was a good dungeon. One of the things I had trouble with, there's a there's a there's a series of locks and there's roll is basically like there's three holes in the ground and there's three reaver bots and three doors. I wonder what the puzzle is. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I have to get these things run into the holes. That was um, hard, though. That I is hard. It's so tricky. I, I don't have that locked down about how to do it. You're supposed to go in front of the hole and then try, you have to get the elephant guy to be near you. So when he charges at you, you draw out of the way. But. If you're if they're too far, they just stop. They don't yes. go in the hole. Yeah. Yes. You have to just line it up. You have to get them tempted and close enough before they charge. It's too, I did not like it at all. The I remember one time I, I I even got like one of them to like fall on top of another one and that killed both of them. So I had to restart. Oh wow, I never had that happen. And I think I think it restarted me with two in the hole already, but like that was such a defeating moment of like I did it, but I did it the wrong way. <laughs> It was just, I mean, you only need, I think, one of them because two of the holes just open up optional items you can get. Sure, but yeah, yeah I, I like doing were, stuff. I, I got all three, too. I just, I got, because I got the correct one in the end by accident. Also worth mentioning, too, that 
with that um, dinosaur fight. I believe that's also the time when Mega Man gets to see Tron naked, which again is this continuing thread. Oh yeah, where his eyes are all big and you don't, and he's just like, "What the?" Yeah, <laughs> like that again. Like very heteronormative narrative going on here. A little boring, if you ask me, but you know, it's just it's, unnecessary. I mean, it's kind of humor. I'm like, okay. And then I want to talk about in the Ice Temple, you have the the slime boss, which was yes, I was. N- not a big fan of this boss. It was That's interesting. The one I thought you were talking about earlier. I I like this one. And this, it was okay. I mean, it had yeah. a bunch of changing elements, and because he because he's a big he's a slime. It reminded me of Morpha a lot from Ocarina of Time. I mean, but the thing about the thing that annoyed me with him is he gets to a certain phase where he'll change the floor to make it so the floor will kill you, and you have to jump up and go on different platforms and shoot him from above, and then it was hard to dodge. I mean, I had save state, but it was hard to dodge his constant attacks. And he had a lot of invulnerable moments too, which irritated me. But yeah, it was cool. Of, walk, it's but. kind of what I brought up earlier, where it's just like when the camera is either when it's straight ahead of you, it's fine. But when it's going up or down, because you yes. essentially have to circle strafe around this very narrow kind of square, but it's easy to fall off after a while because he's also throwing things on the platform that you also have to dodge while you're yes. shooting him. It doesn't exactly work with the systems they have, but it, but you can do it. It's yeah. possible. I mean, it wasn't the worst boss fight. I mean, I, I didn't really have a problem with any of the boss fights in this game, to be honest. I thought most were decent. But the thing is, like, they they all have, they all have, like, little tricks, and they all have, like, I love the general design of, like, the enemies of this world, the Reaper bots. Mm-hmm. Um, look really cool. Like, the, like, the dinosaur in the Fire Temple like he's invulnerable until you turn off like the fire going into him that powers him. Yeah. Which is like a cool part of that dungeon where you have to go around to all these sub areas and go and things like that. And like, they may not be like the tactics in this game and the first one are more or less just circle strafe and shoot and periodically jump out of way to avoid a laser. But also, even, that was how many games were you doing that in that context. It's still like all these bosses are still look cool. And we're always like, Oh yeah, this one was really cool. This one was really interesting. So, like it's it's a it's a typical thing for those games, but I'm like I'm looking at other third person shooters, and not many are as like actively about that. Yeah, like I'm like I'm not playing Uncharted in the same way. It was around this point too that I started like looking in more of like the journals and like the the letters that Mega Man gets. I went to the post office, <laughs> and you could read his the letters that he gets, and he gets really nice ones from like the serve bots of all people. Yeah, and they're I, just like, could you, uh, like, Mistron is really upset. Can you just come and be Serbot number, like, 43? And 42. Like, yes. Yeah, 42. She's like, she's really mean, but, like, she can be nice sometimes. <laughs> yes. I, did, it, I got one of those. It, it's very cute. I did like that a lot. And then the game, once you bring all four keys, that's when the game kind of progresses you. What I thought was going to be, like, the end of the game, like, where, you know, I like pointed no return, it's not exactly, but it. You end up fighting Yuna again, the girl from the reporter from the beginning that turned out not to be a reporter. You fight her ship, which I, I like that. I thought that was a cool fight in the air. And then, yeah, because didn't like the, the two people that you rescued earlier when you went from Benign, only like take, they attack or something, I think. Well, you recover Sarah from the island. And uh, once you get all the keys, because they they kind of say, well, if you find the keys, we'll give you this treasure and all this lock technology. And in return, we just really want to live out the rest of our lives. Even though you look at them and are like, clearly these people are sinister and they're the bad guy, but you still do it anyway. And once they get all the keys, they kind of hijack the ship and they attack you. Okay. Um, so Sarah is the one you're fighting her robot. 
because uh, her and kind of Roll's mom, it's the the revelation is that essentially everyone in this world is a clone because throughout the Mega Man history, humanity was wiped out except for like this being called a master who mm-hmm. just cloned a bunch of humans and put them on Earth. And Sarah is the kind of like Mega Man lives with the master on this place called Elysium, which is a space station in the sky. And this is like this perfect utopia where no one ever ages. No one gets sick. No one wants for anything. And Sarah is kind of the, I guess, caretaker of this unit. And Yuna is the caretaker of Earth. And Mega Man is just like the assistant. Yeah, He's kind created, of a cop. Created I by think. the master. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, okay. if, if there is a robot that gets out of place or just starts acting up, like that's why I kind of thought that it was going to be revealed that he was Mega Man X. Because Mega Man X is very much just like, or X rather, is I don't want to fight, I just want peace. And really, it really, seems like Trigger would have been X, like reincarnated or something. It's not that Trigger is X, Trigger is just Goku. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to eat all the time? Well, he loves pizza. I mean, this game, like again, this game is such a complex story for a Mega Man game. Yes, and I do kind of like that. I just it's it's interesting comparing this to Legends One, where it just feels like they added so much more, kind of after the fact. Yeah, like some of trying there. to. I didn't realize you were in a space station. I knew you weren't on Earth. But I didn't realize it was a space station you were on. Well, space yeah. station or a moon. moon. It's it's moon. like okay. a society. Or like, we're also forgetting the whole section where Mega Man gets like taken out for a minute. Yeah, it's kind of they have a big lore dump as to what actually happened because you find out that like Roll's parents landed on Forbidden Island and then she was going to die. So Yuna, who was the kind of the mother unit, they're called mother units or essentially like caretakers of like the systems that keep everything operating. She used her nano machines to keep Roll alive, but because Roll's father alive mother i got it getting mixed up essentially she used too much of herself so she had to take over her mother's body yes and that's why she shows up in the beginning looking like roll's mother but roll's mother is actually dead right technically well they said they they, they imply that once yuna leaves that she'll come back okay yeah and then the ending happens and they can't do that because like her original body is being inhabited by sarah now because you blew it up in the last fight right but like there's like the whole section though where Mega Man like gets attacked and then it's like a whole Final Fantasy VII cloud moment where they like are piecing it back together his his mind oh, and yeah. this whole lore dump <laughs> where you see him like you realize that he was on the space station he was with the master and all yeah. this yeah and I I really like that moment like it's such a I guess as a teenager it was very like deep for me where like you had to have this conversation with the master where he says. Like, I'm on this place called Elysium, and it's a perfect society where, like, we don't want for anything. Like, there's no disease, hunger, sickness, people don't age, but it's boring because right. everything is perfect. There's no hardship. You don't appreciate anything. But on Earth, like, people live, they die, but for this brief moment, like, they shine brighter in the sun. So he's like, just tear it all down. Like, this is not what perfection is. And that's kind of where the conflict begins is that Roll's mother assists them, but Sarah can't go against her programming. That she has to defend Elysium's system. But it makes it sound like that she could if she wanted to, but she feels that she's obligated to yeah. follow the programming. 
But even like the last fight, she says, like, I didn't know the master like I thought I did as I was up in Elysium, but like I couldn't go against him or didn't want to or something. I, didn't, I, gonna, I have a I complaint gonna, in the sorry, end, man. though. There's no shop in Elysium. No, you have to go all the way back. And that bothered me because I had so much Zenny at the end. They give you a bunch of Zenny when you in the final area and just chest and there's no shop to go back to. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't going to run all the way back to the beginning of the game. I'm like, that's not, or not beginning of the game, but I'm like, you know, beginning of the, I'm like, that's too much work. But I was irritated. I wanted to shop. At the very least, like there's an elevator to bring you from the central area back to the first room. So you can leave and go back. Yeah. But even so, that's still a bit of work because you have to go through um, the different islands in the sky, I think, still. And through all the rooms you went through. Yeah. Well, no. Maybe not the islands. Yeah, because it's like, once you get to the central area, there's like the master's room where right. if you go beat all the enemies and get all the money, yeah, you have to go back through all the spiral dungeons because essentially you go into the master's area and it's like a Mega Man game where you essentially have to fight all the bosses again from the various dungeons and before you fight the last boss. And if you want to go back up and buy stuff, you have to go through this area, which is tedious, but like there's an elevator in the back of that room or in the back of that island that just sends you back to the landing bay that you can activate and they can just go back to earth. And then I always go to the sulfur bottom store. Cause it's like right outside your ship when you land. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I didn't do any of that, but <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, I care, but I didn't care. What I find weird is that like the inclusion of Mega Man legends was Mega Man, Juno launching the carbon carbon realization system. And I definitely said that wrong. Which is essentially, we're going to start over, we're going to kill everyone, and just make new people. Which is what the uh, end of Mega Man Legends 1 was about as well. Yeah, and then in this one, they're like, okay, we're just going to do that again, and Mega Man's like, Carbon Renal is this, and oh my god, why can't I say that word? And he's surprised, like, he doesn't know what it is. It's like, but you just did that, like, the other day. <laughs> right. <laughs> he got over it, and then they gotta do it again, because he didn't, he failed to do it. It's the Goku thing. He didn't do his task. And so now you got the second unit, the second wave of units trying to do the task. Because mm. Juno failed, and now it's up to Yuna and Sarah to do it. But then Mega Man's like puzzled, like he doesn't know what it is. And it's like, oh no, crap, they're going to do that again. Would have been more appropriate. <laughs> Data knew about it. Yeah. But I think I think Mega Man's just kind of dumb in 12. <laughs> True. To be honest. Uh, and I, I didn't enjoy the refights. I don't enjoy refights in Mega Man in general. So I was annoyed when I had to do it again here. I wasn't surprised, but I was annoyed. Because I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a Mega Man game, like, but Legends 1 didn't make you do refight. You only got to refight four bosses, the four Guardians from the Keys, but I still was annoyed. I think it was like kind of um, an answer to everyone who said, like, well, this isn't like Mega Man because you don't do this. And then you're just like, here you go. It's just as tedious as the other ones. <laughs> and then you get to the final boss, which is Sarah in like a giant. You fight her. T- well, the first form, she's in like an armor body, and that was a fight. I had save states, but I could see that being a fight. That wasn't as bad as the second one. I The second one, my only strategy is get a bunch of money, go back to the store, buy as much energy for your energy canteen as possible, and brute force it. Because their attacks are so hard to avoid. And do you mean the second the second final boss in Legends 2, you mean? Yes. Yeah, so I, I tried that for a couple hours, trying to beat that. Ooh. And then I did what you said, basically. I went back, I got my energy refill canteen up to like 32 units, and then I just got the shining laser and made quick work of it. Yeah, that's, uh, 
what you're the guy that was looking at and the video I'm watching with the speed run. If the shining laser is up fully upgraded, you just turn her into butter. She just died. I didn't even fully upgrade it. I just I just got it. I think I might have upgraded it once. Okay. How much that's kind of what I did. Do that. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the shining laser is the only problem is you can't run, but it's a powerful weapon. Yes. I think it's the best weapon in the game. It and was of course the you could, first you, one. You only get it you, when you go to when you go to Elysium. It's in like the background somewhere. One of the, one of the pieces of it is that you need, and then you got to go all the way back to roll, which is what I did. But then I never went back again. We yeah, no, no, and I was a little surprised when I saw all of a sudden she had a second form. I'm like, ah, damn it! I'm like, damn you, Mega Man. Yeah. After all the Mega Man games you played for this show, you were shocked that the boss had a second form. I was. <laughs> I think Juno had two forms too, right? That's like saying, like, I can't believe it's Doctor Wily. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Mister X. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, it was a little. I don't know. I don't know why I was surprised to be honest. And then the game has an ending where you see where you guys get stuck on Elysium because you can't get back. And then you see Roll and Tronbon trying to find a way to rescue them. And they're working together. It brings forward that plot line where in the desert dungeon you're kind of collaborating with for a minute and they're like, okay, we're back to being enemies now. But then actually, no, they're not. Well, it's my favorite line in the entire game when Teasel says to someone when what's his name the monkey came back i i don't know what it just gets me every single time the way he delivers <laughs> that and they're essentially just trying to build like a nasa spaceship it's not some super advanced spaceship but the two of them like roll is like well we do it this way and tron is trying to do it another way and Data's like it's super easy just let me show you but they're too proud because of their yeah. like mechanics and it's like kind of a joke and uh, now i'm sad because I'm just thinking about like Capcom of that era where it's like, you know, we're just going to make another one. We'll green like anything. And now I, I remember finishing this and be like, oh, yeah, there's a third one coming. Still waiting. Maybe Microsoft will buy Capcom and we'll just have it on the Xbox series. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize it had been this game was 22 years old. That, but I, and I also didn't realize it's been 12 years since Legend 3 got canceled. Yeah, I remember that very, very clearly. That was such a awful moment for Capcom fans. And the whole reason they canceled it was because they didn't get enough feedback on the website. Well, and also KG and Afuni left. Yeah, and they were yeah. not happy. I don't like because Matt McMuscle is actually on the day of recording this. Like he did a what happened mm-hmm. video about Legends three. I just watched that. And I I get fan feedback. But let's face it, like fans are not game designers. They don't have no idea how games are made or what goes right. into it. Like, don't ask people to make stuff because they're just going to make fan fiction. Like people don't know what they want until you right. show it to them. So you have to make that story for better or for worse and be committed to making it. And if it comes out and it's bad, that sucks. If it comes out and it's great, that would be the better outcome. But, like, don't go to, like, a message board forum and be like, it's like the Funzo toy from The Simpsons. Like, it should have all the firepower and it should be lovable, but it should also be dangerous. Like, and then I, that was kind of the litmus test, apparently. I remember that very fondly, like that whole user community trying to make Legends 3. And, you know, you look back at it differently now because it's like, oh, it's kind of fans doing free work and all that stuff. But I think for the time, it was an intriguing concept that I can't fault them too much for trying. I just hate that they relied on it to that degree. Well, I don't think they wanted to. I mean, once he left, they just didn't want to make Mega Man games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Squaresoft kind of does the same thing. Like, 
you know, we keep getting romancing saga games because that guy is still there versus games that other people want. We don't get because, you know, they're not there anymore. Right. Like a sequel to Chrono Cross. We didn't get that. Well, that's a, that's an entirely different bag of worms. <laughs> yeah. If you want the Chrono Cross people, you have to reunite Monolith Soft with the bankers of Final Fantasy 11. Yeah, I'm never getting those sequels. I know. But I digress. Yeah, that was the same time Mega Man Universe got canceled. There was a third Mega Man game, I think, that got canceled as well around that Maverick time. Hunter. Yes. Maverick Hunter. First-person shooter. And then that was when Ace Attorney Investigations 2 didn't get localized to North America. So there was a whole Ace Attorney game on DS that just got ignored. People were upset that the Mercenaries Resident Evil mode got its own 3DS game. There was just a lot happening for Capcom. Yeah, I think it was just a lot of growing pains in the industry in general, because it was like the HD era and budgets were just ballooning, which is like, why? Like, when I go back and play games like Legends 1, and I know it's PlayStation 1 games, there may not be as graphically impressive. I think the trolls aren't as great. But the thing about that era is that, like, there was a spinoff of Mega Man Legends about Tron Bond stealing things from people. Mm-hmm. And that game got a green light in production and it came out and it probably did well enough. Like, there's no such thing as games that are being made because they can do well enough anymore. Like, yeah. everything is so heavily focused and, like, Capcom is better than before, but, like, that's if you... Like, I really like Resident Evil and I like the latest Resident Evils and the remakes, but I don't really care for Monster Hunter and that's like their bread and butter now. And I get why they keep making that and why they don't make, say, Power Stone 3, <laughs> but that doesn't make it any less sad that I don't have a Power Stone 3 yeah. or Legends 3. It's because there's nothing left. Like, the 3DS was, like, the last system to basically be an SD console. Like, everything since then has been HDified. There's no way to, like, have that small game and that small budget be made. And even, like, the 3DS, that's such a rocky start. As I remember having a 3DS, and I had, like, Street Fighter 4 and Rayman, and, like, I don't give a crap about Tom Clancy games, but I remember buying Ghost Recon just because I was so starved for anything to do with that system. And then, like, a bunch of promise games. And I get it because, like, I know they're going to do, like, Assassin's Creed and Legends 3 and Splinter Cell, and these things came out. No, but Assassin's like, Creed didn't come out. That was just well, became right, right. revelations. <laughs> yeah, like, Splinter Cell came out and Snake Eater came out. Yes. Yes. But then, like, they had Resident they're like, oh, there's going to be a Resident Evil game. But then Resident Evil got ported to everything. And, like, Castlevania got ported to consoles. And the Batman game we talked about the other week got ported to consoles. Because like, the DS was, like, this great era where you can make these really cool games for, like, $30. Yeah. But then this was the, you know, the kind of the start of the mobile gaming thing where it's like, well, why are you going to make these games? We can make, like... Marvel Avengers Alliance and have it riddled with microtransactions. Yeah. And, and if you want to make a like an indie game on Steam and be at twenty dollars, there's so much limited to what that could be these days. Yeah, like it has to be like a side-scrolling platformer. It feels like, or like maybe you can get away with some like lower-budget indie game for forty bucks. That's like a three D modeled thing, but it's just not the same anymore. It's a Metroidvania with roguelike and crafting elements. <laughs> Is there are there spiritual successors to Mega Man Legends? Series, there were supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with Mighty Number no. Nine? Uh, yes, I am. When Mighty Number no. Nine was still happening, they had an entire other game they were kickstarting called uh, what's it called? Red Ash. Yes. That was supposed to be the Mega Man Legends version of Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh, that didn't work out very well. No, it didn't. It did. I don't think it got fully funded. They were supposed to have outsider help. Never got completed. 
There was supposed it's to be just, an anime and a yes. Chinese publisher called Fuse, I believe, was supposed yes. to put it out. And but that that's right there with the 3DS and Vita ports of Mighty Number no. Nine that never happened as well, despite being a thing that was part of the Kickstarter. Because it failed so bad. Yes, I have a copy of Mighty Number no. Nine that I got dirt cheap. But I have a Wii U copy. I think that's what everyone has. That's, that's like one of the Wii U games that's most commonly out there these days. I have, uh, I have Xbox a PS4. Okay. I think that was one of the Kickstarters that I did, and I started it. I think by the time it came out, I had a PlayStation 4, and then I played it for like five minutes, and I was like, I, I don't care about this. It's a it's a bad game, right, from what I've heard? I heard it's it's okay if you give it a shot, but the mechanics, it's not a Mega Man game. It is and it isn't. Well, he wasn't actually involved in it. He was just involved in getting it off the ground, so yeah, he didn't I mean, actually work on it. I mean, KG and Funny kind of did. It was his company, Comcept, that was working on it. But Comcept is a little, they were more of like, they, there's a whole What Happened video from Matt, Matt Muscles from it, where like he talks about he wasn't, he was involved, but he wasn't. Like, Concept was not a company to develop games. They were, they were a company that would come up with an idea uh, and then pass it true. to someone else. Yeah, well, Inafune for years, I think, even his last time at Capcom, he wasn't in the trenches. He was just like a producer. Yeah. So I guess he would still oversee things, but he wasn't kind of like, and even like for Mega Man games, like he his name are on these, but I think he was championing them, but someone else was directing them. Yeah, he wasn't that involved in stuff later on. So let, let's briefly go over the the history of Comcept because I think it's fascinating. <laughs> where he where Keiji Nafumi leaves, forms this new company called Comcept, which is kind of I guess a consulting thing and works with other developers and publishers to get stuff made. And so you know. Mighty Number no. Nine, they come out. They have a couple uh, mobile games to kickstart for Mighty Number no. Nine. Their first actual published game was a PSP visual novel called Sweet Fuse at Your Side, which is about Keiji Inafune's niece going to like an amusement park in Japan, where Keiji Inafune is there, and like him and a bunch of people get kidnapped. And it's kind of like a Dinken Rampa Nine 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 kind of game, where there's like this evil pig guy. And it's kind of like an Otome game. So Keiji Nafune's niece is also courting all these guys that are there with her. <laughs> I had no idea this. Existed. It's a game that exists and is in America. It what got, it got localized, thankfully. What the fuck? But yeah, you're just Keiji Nafune's niece. You're you're trying to date these hot guys. You're trying to save your uncle. And it's like, you know, everyone's kind of held hostage in a way. But, you know. <laughs> this just sounds I. what system is this on? PSP. That's why. Okay. I, I also, I mean, you can also play it on Vita, but you know. What's it called? Sweet Fuse at your side. Okay. I just think it's crazy because I, I remember when that Kickstarter started, it was very much just like, well, Capcom killed off Mega Man and we're going to just do it ourselves as they don't want to. And it was this right. whole thing like, yeah, let's give those big guys the middle finger and put our money in and we're going to do this. But by the time he actually kind of got around to putting it out, Capcom had started writing their ship like Mega Man yes. Legacy Collection came out and it was this brilliant collection that sold like a million copies and then like the Resident Evil remakes were in the works and Resident Evil 7 was in the works and Devil May Cry came back and they had all these other collections. But then you had the and, other stuff that Concept was working on. Soul Sacrifice, the Vita game, and I guess Soul Sacrifice Delta, which I've heard are fine, which I heard are not amazing, but they're okay games. But then you have like the Ninja Gaiden game, Yaiba, the uh, the weird shell cell shaded one. Oh yeah, I have that. Which I heard was not great. Yeah. You have Recore, which I heard was not great. 
I didn't want to play that. I know. I, I want to play Recore. Recore is actually almost on the show multiple times because my co-host Mike wanted wanted to play it really bad, so we had it on there a couple times, but it never we it never made it to the final. Season. Maybe we can do Recore later this year or something. Because I okay. have it has it, but I don't have an Xbox One Steam. or a Series. I, I don't have a gaming PC oh, either. But then, like, okay, so Recore failed. My number nine failed. The Kickstarter for Red Ash failed. They had a 3DS game called. Kyle, King of Pirates, that was supposed to be their first game that also got canceled and lost a ton of money, millions of dollars. And so, you know, this concept idea kind of just really crashed and burned all around, which is wild because KJ Inafune is such a notable, like, person and, like, has such, had such a following. Mm Mm-hmm. I think for like he was one of those gaming celebrities. Yeah, I would. And, and I think that was like a, why you don't see that anymore. Like you don't have auteurs because yeah. and I'm not saying people kind of age out of their crafts or lose touch. But it's kind of what does happen is that, you know, you have your people who kind of they get almost too much leeway. And then there isn't like I, Hideo Kojima is still making great games that people enjoy. But like they're kind of just trend. like passion projects that are kind of like when i think of metal gear solid two and three like there's lots of story but there's also great games but the other yes. ones are kind of just like Ooh, four is great too yeah we're gonna take like four. an open world metal gear we're gonna make this people love death stranding like when i, I love hear like 20 hours of just like co-op before you actually do anything like it doesn't inspire me to run out and play it that depends I don't I don't mind that in the game as long as I have the time for a game like that. Death Stranding was a marvelously zen experience for me. I okay. played it like 60, 70 hours in a week Damn. and beat it. But it was like it. such a wild time because in, in a way it is that walking simulator thing people talk about. But I, I really dug the pacing. OK, are you but guys? Like, I, go ahead. I'll keep finishing. Oh. I was I would say I think I think auteurs like there's a debate of whether you can call them auteurs or not because blah 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 game development's a collaborative thing. But I think auteurs like that they need the guidance, but they also need the opportunity to continue doing original concepts. Where I think Inafune kind of got stuck up was he was trying to do Mega Man again, and like you could you also have Koji Igarashi that did uh, Bloodstained after doing Castlevania. But it seemed like he was trying to still do it forward the series and put in all these other things that he wanted to do. I'm not sure if my number nine was exactly that or no, because Bloodstained is really good. I think when I played it, I didn't finish it, but I really, really liked it. Uh, I think Bloodstained is good. I don't think it's great. Uh, I think it has a lot of problems. It has a really hard start. Yeah, I just think for him, I remember reading interviews where he's like, I kind of would like to make this other thing but like i know it wouldn't sell commercially so people want me to make this so i guess i'll keep banking it which is kind of sad yeah that's the thing it's like he's stuck in that of i'm gonna do this because people want it not because they care about it and so that's how you get i think my number nine you'll make a better product when you're in a fune also had like very outspoken opinions of like that you like the japanese game industry is dead and we're going to do all these like western projects and then right under his watch you had like lost planet 3 and bionic commando which is kind of so bad it's kind of amazing and dark void and all Gaiba. these games that lost <laughs> money because ninja gaiden z also was co-developed by the people who made i think lost planet 3 well, that would have been a Koei Tecmo joint, but like when he was with Capcom, they're like all these Western initiatives kind of fizzled out. Yeah, they didn't do well. 
and then like like yeah. DMC was I think is excellent. But oh, I love DMC Devil May Cry. That's such a great game. I, I just know. I just replayed it this year. <laughs> a bunch of people will say it's. I I think if they never had a stupid joke in the beginning, people would love that game. But that's besides the point. It's a good game. It is. That joke is dumb. I know what you're talking about where he's like, I don't need the wig. Yeah. But then the, the entire game is like the story of him getting that hair. Yes. And he and like it's so good. And I actually think it's the best Delta Man Cry. But that's besides the point. All those initiatives didn't plan out or pan out the way they wanted it to. And like it took Capcom bringing everything back in. Like when you think about like, oh, I forgot about Operation Raccoon City. I like yeah. that game. They I know it's a bad so game. I'm not going to defend people. it, but I like it. I bought it I have an for episode like about two dollars a while ago, and that's what it's I, worth. And, yeah, but that's not what Capcom wants to hear. <laughs> it's not a good game, but I, I, I really liked it back in the day when I played it for the show. I hated it, <laughs> but like it's the, a game in time. It's the kind of thing where they they closed down their Canadian developer who did the Dead Rising stuff because they just went all internal again. Yeah, they were they were the last ones because I think Devil Dead Rising Two did well. And Dead Rising 3 did okay, but even then, there's a whole story about them trying to get a bunch of stuff off the ground, and they're like, no, just make another Dead Rising, and then they actually had a really great Puzzle Quest mobile game that had a, not Puzzle Quest, Puzzle Fighter. Mm. Uh, It unfortunately had a really bad art style, but it was like a great Capcom game. Mm. Like, Tron was in it, and like, Phoenix Wright, and all these great, like, Regina was one of the last characters. Nice. But then that was kind of like the last nail in the coffin. But now it's like they're doing everything eternally and nearly everything, probably everything has been a hit like Devil May Cry 5, Resident Evil 7, 8 and the remakes and all the Monster Hunter games and like the Ace Attorney stuff is still getting. I have the new Ace Attorney, but I haven't played it yet. The Chronicles. Yes, I've heard. I want to play those. I have to play everything again to get there, but (laughs) that's a good series. Yeah, like that's I've the 3DS the game. First game. Finally getting localized again. I he's starting not getting localized and getting like the the short shift in that five and six were digital only. Really rubbed me the wrong way as well. Are, are you like guys if, ready to go on to questions, comments, and memories? <laughs> I have a, not a lot. Sure, we kind yeah, of sidetracked there. Yeah, we. Can That's go okay, I'm running out of time too. So. <laughs> All right, first from the I watched the entire Overlord replay super replay group. I only got two, both from friends of the show, Emmanuel. But what about the misadventures of Tron Bond, Mike? Someday, I do want to do it someday because I have like ever get a legend three. So I have me too, and I have my disc too. <laughs> and then the other one from Dominic Dominic Jacoki. Uh, how are you feeling, Mike? Are you okay? What are you playing after this? The joke with this, or not completely joke, but the meaning of this is, I would last when we recorded Star Fox Adventure the previous week that you're hearing this, I was so fucking burned out from that game because <laughs> that game just that game beat me down for some reason. It just it really. You did. still say you liked it, but you very <laughs> you're you're you're. The way you say it says otherwise. It's not a I game you rush through. You kind of have to take your time. Yeah, and I didn't have time. Yeah, and. I also had a lot going on, but no, everything's fine now. I played Mega Man 6, which you won't hear until April. I, I played through this, went a lot more smoother than I expected, and I'm starting Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider, or the reboot Tomb Raider 2013, and that game's going just completely smoothly. Like, yeah, I'm doing better now. <laughs> it was just a bad couple of weeks. <laughs> and you milk your solid too, not long before this, too. So that, that itself was like a pretty long game. It was longer than I expected it to be, yeah. And then from the... Mega Man fans group. I got a few from Jeff Gonzalez. Finishing this game, you'll find out why we des- desperately need a third installment. 
that we're never going to get uh, from <laughs> Jeremiah Quinzer. Good luck getting the Class S Digger license. I was hoping that Sony would have snapped up Capcom in this great buying race right now. Somebody to actually use their IPs. <laughs> I don't want Sony to buy Capcom. I think Capcom is doing just fine, and I don't. I don't I get want to be bought. I get what people are saying, but you have to understand that the the gaming landscape now is different than what it was with all those franchises. But then I also wouldn't mind them, like say, when's Final Fight does someone do LA Streets Rage for? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I yeah I, I don't really like this whole buying because I don't like games being locked in a particular system. I don't want to go back to the days of lots and lots of exclusives. I just don't because I like yeah. PC now. So you don't want to take away my PC gaming because I'm really into Steam. <laughs> and from Angel R. Miranda, amazing sequel, great weapons, fun segments and sequences. The first story was well contained. It worked well. But this one expands a lot and it works well in its favor, adding a lot more world building. Sadly, we never got a third part, but it would be so great to have a third part where Volnut finds ruins of the ZX era. OK, that would be cool. From... Carlos Verio, I play the series of Mega Man the most. And last one from this group, Brandon Laferni. Truly amazing game, but kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Kind of, yes. <laughs> and let's see, I got one comment from Mega Man Universe from Nicholas Avery. Favorite game of all time. You missed out. Never too late, though, because I just said I was playing it for the first time. And then I have two more to read from the official Laser Time community, and that's all I got. Uh, first one from John Barnes. Antista, avert your eyes. Anyone in that group will get the joke. Antista was a guy who does a podcast called Laser Time, and he also worked at Capcom during this time. Mm-hmm. And you should get a lot of calls while Mega Man. So that's that joke for yes. those that aren't part of that group or listen to that podcast. And from Luke Batty, I only ever played the demo that was included with the Misadventures of Tron Bond, which thank God I still have. I had the first and would have gotten this one, too, if I could have ever found it at a good price. Despite never owning it as a kid, I preferred it for the superficial reason that Mega Man had a helmet on the cover, which looked cooler than his helmetless image on the front of the first. (laughs) I know. So so particular. Like, he doesn't have a helmet. He has a helmet. What's the difference? I think he looks better without it. He looks like a boy. He looks like a person. Like, I like the helmetless Mega Man. I got nothing. I don't either one didn't bother me, so but I can get it. I like I just I, I regret not buying this game when I had the chance. So I could I could understand that part. All right, and then we should go to shelf stack or box. And Dominic, why don't you go first? Ooh. I don't know. I'm like kind of between shelf and stack. Because I think Legends One definitely belongs on the shelf. But if I had the if I had a if I have a physical copy, it might be on the shelf, but I probably think this in the stack for now. Okay. I'll go next. I'm going to put this on the shelf. I had a great time playing this game. I didn't get a chance to do all the secret, partly because time and just, but I still had a lot of fun. Like, this is a very good game, and I'm really glad I got to play it for the show. And I finally got it off my backlog because I I bought this game years ago on the PS3. I bought both Legends 1 and 2, and I just Mm -hmm. couldn't do it. I just didn't even start them, and I'm happy to finally have played it. So, on the shelf. What about you, Blair? The highest point of the shelf with the rest of the series where they belong with lots of shiny things around them because Mega Man Legends is the best. I don't like this as much as the at the time I liked it better because I thought it was like a grander sequel that just kind of fixed things about the first one. And it kind of does mechanically, but I like the first one more because I think it has more heart. But this is still great. And I just really hate how shafted the series gets like even when it got put on ps3 it was when the ps4 was in full swing so even that initiative of people buying it then didn't really work out oh it's that late yes oh yeah they were among the last ps1 classics to come out yeah because i think there was something to do with like the the there was licensing licensing the voice acting or something they were licensing Uh, for certain brands i think and then also the voice acting and then the ps 
one of the the, the the digital download of Legends doesn't play on PSP, but it does play on Vita. Well, see, the thing with that is that in Japan, PSP had ports of one and two. Yeah. That also never got released because at the time, Sony had a very big thing about not just releasing the same game on PSP. And one of their first games is a remake of Ape Escape. And one of the and one of the last games to come out on PSP was the Breath of Fire three remake re- report that I guess they had worked on. But again, American Sony was like, "You can't put that here. It has to be changed." It was a time when I don't think people realized how good a port can be. It's could things need to be re released on other systems so people yes. can experience it. Who never did? Who cares that? I mean, there's it's a good thing to do because thing just games rot, games get thrown away, things happen, people move and have bad relationships and lose all their games. I mean, it happens. It should be re-released up. People will buy it. Just don't and re-release it at 60 bucks. Even to think about, like, if someone wanted, like, if you went online or watched a YouTube video of someone talking about Mega Man Legends before this is on PS3, the emulation is always a route, of course, but if you're bad with that stuff, like I am, like, Misadventures of Tron Bomb was a three or $400 game. This was yeah. also really expensive, so there was yeah. no way in, and then when it came out on PS3, PS3 wasn't backwards compatibility compatible with PS4 because the architecture is so weird and Mark Cerny doesn't care. Sony doesn't care. And and people had traded in their PS3s or had them in the boxes. So people weren't going back. And it was such a shame because like Matt McMuscles brought up in his video like the Capcom litmus test of, oh, you want a new like Resident Evil? Like buy the remake. Like if you want the new Onimusha, buy this one. And then I guess the litmus test for this would have been like, we'll put these out, but it was too late at that point. Right. It's about a hundred in um, Mega Man Legends Two. It goes anywhere about one hundred and fifty online right now. But the Misadventures of Tron Bond, there it's like three hundred plus. So back in the day, I bought those thinking I would play them, and then I didn't because I needed the money. Yada yada. And now I'm at the point where it's like I wish I had kept them, but I have these digital versions, so it's okay. Yeah. I think I, I I can't remember if I bought Misadventure of Tron Bond 2 during that time, but that's another game I definitely will be probably putting the show at some point because I just I need to play it. I got it for my birthday in the year 2000. <laughs> nice. All right. Any I think we should wrap up this episode and we'll start with Dominic. Where can people find you at? Yeah, you can find me on the Distant Waves podcast on YouTube. That's just Distant Waves. You can find us on our website, distantwaves.space. I'm on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I personally. I'm also in the Overblood Facebook group. All right. And Blair, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blarcade. Uh, you can also visit my website, comicbookvideogames.com, which is pretty self-explanatory and what it's about. <laughs> there you can find links to my books and all my work. And you can also visit Comic Book Video Games on Facebook as well. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can go find all our content on Podbean if you don't find it on Spotify or iTunes. And if you need more Mega Man, which there's a good chance if you want to hear other comments on Mega Man, we have a bunch of episodes, which I need to pull up now (laughs) because I did not do that. We did Mega Man. Let the game begin. Comic 18. Mega Man X. Episode 85. Mega Man 1 and 2. Episode 25. And there is more. It's just that I sold Mega Man different ways. Mega Man, uh, Mega Man X3, episode 136. Mega Man 5, Mini 12. Mega Man 4, Mini 11. Mega Man Legends, which you definitely should go listen to, episode 117. Uh, Mega Man 3, Mini 10, which I'm pretty sure I pitched all about Mega Man 3. Go listen to that. Mega Man Powered Up, really good game, Mini 6. Mega Man X2, episode 99. So there's all your Mega Man that we've done so far in this show. Nice. So definitely go listen to all that. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who doesn't 
who did all the MCU with me when we did that roundup of madness. Uh, you can find him at a gamer looks at 40. Check out his podcast. Also, I'm going to shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at hell has fury. Go follow her on TikTok. And we do have a Patreon for a little doll. You can vote in our Patreon poll. The current Patreon poll right now is what Spider-Man spider Marvel movie we should watch. Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Venom or Black Widow. Yes, I know Black Widow's not. I need a fourth option. So definitely <laughs> go check those out. And I think that oh, on Fallis on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. See ya. Oh, wait, I forgot to say what we're talking about next week. Ah, oh, damn, I did it again. <laughs> uh, uh, ne- next week, if you're still here, will be Tomb Raider 2013, the reboot. Good luck. So I'm finally playing that game again. It's a good game. It is a good game. Like, I played about an hour or two hours of it last night. And I'm like, this is really good still. Never beat a Tomb Raider. I've only beaten Tomb Raider 2, and then I, I played the reboot years ago, and I haven't touched it since probably 2014 or so. So I am I was really excited to go back to it, because I always wanted to play the rest of that series. Epic had them, I'm going to say this on the other episode, but who knows who's still here. Epic had them for free for a, for a week, so and that's what finally got me. Say, like, okay, we're doing all three in the show, finally. I highly recommend the middle trilogy by Crystal Dynamics, Legend Underworld Anniversary. Those are my favorite Tomb Raider games. Legend is really good. Anniversary, I really liked. I never played the other one. I'm guessing you might like it. some point. I We only done one other Tomb Raider game in the show, Tomb Raider 2, a long, long-ass time ago. So it was about time to do some more. Yeah, so now, now that is everything I need to say. God, I can't believe I forgot to do that again. That's what I get for not using the outline. So <laughs> we will see you guys all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.